as we go through and, and unpack the Word of God. Today we're going to pretty much be kind of focused on one text. We'll look at a few of them, but we're going to be kind of focused on one text. But I picked the Scripture reading today in part because it's the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is, is has, becoming more well-known in His earthly ministry, and, and He starts off this sermon and he has all these wonderful words that he speaks to, to people, and, and they're scratching their head because they're not exactly sure they know what they mean. But they know his words are full of grace, they're full of truth, they're, they're drawn to him. Those that seek to love the Lord thy God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, they're drawn to Christ. And as he unpacks the next three chapters, five, six, and seven, as he, as he gives this sermon, and it's, and it's a sermon that's intended to be spoken into the hearts and minds of Christians, of followers. They don't, they don't know who Jesus Christ is yet. He's going to inform them little by little, but we know they're not going to have a full understanding of who Christ is until he has lived his life over the next few years, dies on a cross, is resurrected. And then is witnessed by many. And so as we come together on resurrection morning, that's, that's Sunday. We always celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ by coming together on Sunday. Certainly it's not the same as Easter Sunday. But we celebrate the resurrection today. And so as, as Christ began this particular Sermon on the Mount with Beatitudes, I wanted to begin this theme this year uh, with this. You can see the cross of Christ with the sun uh, behind it and, and shining upon a city. I don't think it's Boston. I wish I could figure out. It was a graphic I found, and, and uh, I'd like to think it's Boston, and that's James River, right? That's what I'd like to think. But I want to just, uh, what we're going to do, this will be the, the theme for this coming year. It's the idea of shine the light. If you remember, we went through the, the study of First John, and uh, in that study, we, we, it was entitled, out of, From Darkness to Light, right? From Darkness to Light. Well, now that, and that was a message to, to, for people to understand. There is this reality that through the gospel of Jesus Christ, they can step out of the darkness of the world, they can come to the light, and they can stay in the light and never remain in the light because they will ever remain in the presence of God. So in a sense, this is building upon that theme, and not necessarily intentionally, but it certainly does build on the theme in the sense that if you are a child of the light. If you're a child of God, then it's the idea of let your light shine. That's the end of that section we read at Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, you're a child of God and God is your Father. And Jesus Christ came to reveal the Father to us and to make an atonement for our sinfulness. He was perfect. And if you're a child of God, you understand those truths. But maybe coming here this morning or maybe joining us online, you're not, you're not familiar with this truth. You don't understand what it means to uh, let your light shine because you've never experienced that light yourself. And I hope that as we go through maybe this particular sermon, but any sermon or any time you're in a in a class or in a Wednesday night or, or talking with, with uh, someone from our church family that you would understand the light of the gospel as it comes forth. 
So with this being a theme uh, verse for the year, let me just uh, kind of share the, the broader, the unpacking of this. Christ in us reveals Christ to our community. Last year, we were very inward focused. This is not changing that focus. It's still somewhat inward focused. This is an inward and outward focus as we talk. Well, love like Jesus it was both inward and outward too in practicality. But we were really focused on the church body, learning to love one another, encourage one another, strengthen one another. By, by this theme, as we talk about shine the light, as that verse, I think that verse basically it, it communicates this truth to us, that Christ in us as Christians reveals Christ to our community, both inside these walls and outside these walls. So let's just look a little bit at this verse just quickly. Uh, Let your light so shine before men. Uh, that's that first clause there. And so we ought to ask ourselves, uh, what is our light? He says here, your light. It's underlined. You can hardly see it. But it's, he says, let your light so shine before men. What light? What is our light that we're supposed to be shining? Well, proper grammar would be to say, who is our light? Because the answer isn't a, a what or a thing. It's a who. Jesus Christ is our light. And again, this is not new. But can we, can we as Cheerios used to say, try it again for the first time? Maybe that's cornflakes. I forget. But listen, as we talk about Jesus Christ, as we talk about remembering the Gospels for every purpose, person at every moment, that means that every moment we're supposed to remember who we are in Christ, if you're a believer. Jesus Christ is our light. Uh, the, the text says that we're supposed to uh, uh, shine the light. But what light? Who is the light? Well, Jesus spoke to them, and he says in John 8, 12, he says, I am the light. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. This is amazing truth. Jesus is the light of the world. He says, I am the light. And then he expands on it. He says, he who follows me shall have the light of light. I tried to make that a little clearer. Maybe it's not. But I am the light. Who, and he who follows me shall have the light of life. What does this mean? It means we have the light of life because Christ is the light. Beautiful picture taken last week. All right, if you're not in it, I apologize. All right, wish you could have been here for whatever reason you're, you won't. Maybe we'll do another one some other day. But on this 40th anniversary, that was our church gathering. There's quite a few light bearers in that gathering, right? And so as Christ is the light, we as Merrimack Valley Baptist Church have this, what the, what the Scripture says, we have the light of life. It's in us because Christ is in us. This light of life is, is not only giving us life, but it has the potential to give others life as well as we shine the light. So let's just unpack the statement. Christ in us reveals Christ to our community. Let's just talk about this first part here, Christ in us. Christ is the light who shines through us. We, Jesus already said he is the light. But notice what it says in John 1, 5, right? Famous passage of Scripture. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. 
This is speaking of the eternality of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Men don't come across this by accident. Men don't come across this. This light isn't of them in the sense of their own ability. No, it's stating very clearly that it's found in Christ, the eternal Son of God, right? He is, it's in him was this life. That's how, as, as we talk about Christ in us, it's his light and it shines through us. Folks, never go over this. You came to the light because the light drew you. God drew you to himself. And then he chooses to shine through us into others. Goes on to say, and the light shines in the darkness. Isn't that good news for you and me who were once in darkness but now are in light? And the darkness did not comprehend it. That's, that's sadness right there. The darkness did not comprehend the light. In John 3, a little bit, uh, two chapters later, he says, He who believes in him is not condemned. That's good news, isn't it? He who believes in him is not condemned. Jesus' light shone into the darkness. Many of us, if not most of us, have come to respond to that light and come to faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the good news. But the bad news is, but he who does not believe is condemned already. We live in a world, as you can have that picture, the very first slide, the cross of Christ shining upon a, a, a vast city, cities all over the world. And they're in darkness. And that darkness means that they are condemned. He says, but he who does not believe is condemned uh, already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. I, I've had numerous conversations lately about the gospel. And I've tried to let people know. I'm trying to not strong arm them, but to lay before them the, the simplicity of the gospel that Jesus is God's Son He's God the Son. And any other Jesus is a false Jesus. And people need to come to believe that. He is the only begotten Son of God. It is only through Christ. Christ alone is what we believe our faith must be in. And those who have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, and if you're here this morning, good works are what you celebrate. Your, your ability to make people happy, to, to bless people with financial gain or to meet some physical or emotional or mental needs or whatever, whatever you might be doing, all those wonderful things you're doing, they're insufficient to satisfy God and to please God. He says, all those who do not believe in the name of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, are condemned. And then he goes on and says, and this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than the light. Jesus is the light. He's coming into the world. The world has not received him, but some have received him. Some have responded, but others like the darkness. They, that's where they want to dwell because they do not understand the eternal consequences of living, living in the darkness of, the, of this world. It says that they love the darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. And you might be thinking of people right now in your life that, yeah, this, this speaks of so-and-so. Then they need the gospel. 
and they need to hear it from you as you live it out in your life in front of them. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and it does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. They don't want to have their deeds exposed. They like being in the darkness. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. So we're going we're gonna to look at this, but this is speaking of us. But he who does the truth comes to the light. Again, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this is true of you. And that last portion there, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that does have clear uh, connection to uh, our passage in Matthew 5, 16. So Christ is the light, and based upon those verses, we understand we have come to the light if we are believers in Jesus Christ. If we've responded to the gospel, then, then, then we, have, uh, we have already come, and we need to invite others. So Christ in us, the second aspect of that phrase is the fact that this truth that Jesus lives in every believer is what is called a revealed mystery. And I hope that you understand the mystery of the gospel, and it's not just some prayer you prayed to, to get yourself out of hell. I hope there was faith behind the prayer. I hope there was joy behind the prayer of understanding your sinfulness before God and how it's been forgiven in, in Jesus Christ. But the reality is, you actually, as a believer in Jesus Christ, Christ in us. And we have Christ in us, we have the Spirit in us, the terminology we'll look at in just a moment. It's true of both, but it says the truth that Jesus lives in every believer is a revealed mystery. Notice Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Paul is speaking to the Romans. I was sharing with a guy just recently. Listen, uh, read the Gospel of John. Understand the, 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 who Jesus Christ is by reading the Gospel. Go into the book of Acts and see how the church was birthed. And then when you get into Romans, get ready to unpack a deep theology of all that we are in Christ and what the Gospel is. And maybe you need to make that journey again, as maybe I should as well, to just remind myself of all that I have in Christ. But he says, listen, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, he does, if you're a believer. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. Excuse me, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. I said it uh, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago at this point, I think, it was the idea that uh, the Jesus Christ, our identity in Christ, the, it's, he, Jesus is the core of our identity. And we talked about his righteousness, and here it has. I don't have time to unpack it today, but it's the idea the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness, not ours, but his. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, there he is. Paul's uh, hammering this point home. The spirit of God lives in you. Christ lives in you. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. I don't want to skip over the fact that this life is giving to our mortal bodies. It's why we're living in the now. It's not that we have to go through all of life and then experience all the blessings of God. We get to experience the blessings of God today. Life is very difficult at times. And you may be going through difficult times. We talked about that last week. 
Come to Christ. Because he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your immortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Come to faith in Christ. The spirit indwells you. Christ indwells you. Colossians 1.24 kind of picks this up on the mystery aspect. I said it's a revealed mystery. What do we mean by that? He says the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations. The whole Old Testament is working its way to the cross of Christ to the tomb of Christ and to the resurrection of Christ and the ascension of Christ. The whole Old Testament is preparing the ground for our faith to be, to be understood so that we can come to faith and, and be born again. But he says this mystery, what was once hidden, has been revealed. The mystery which has, has been hidden from ages and from generations, but has now been revealed. It's a done deal. It is now open for everyone to understand that they will just come to God's Word says, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of, his, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? What's the, what's the mystery? Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's the gospel. This revealed mystery. It's no longer a mystery, but it was for so many, so many thousands of years. And then... Christ comes on the scene. And as he's preaching on, on what is believed to be a, a, a hill near the Sea of Galilee, and as they're sitting there and they're on his every word, he says, blessed is. And he was talking to, this is the people who are blessed of God, poor in spirit, humble, all those things. And all those things are who Christ is. And he was revealing himself to them. And then he finished off, obviously, saying, let your light shine. So Christ in us, it's a beautiful truth. So let's just take a couple minutes and, and look at the, the idea of re, uh, how this works out in uh, reveals Christ to our community. This is where I'm segueing. This is saying the truth of Scripture lived out. There's our verse again, let your light so shine before men. Uh, so let's, again, we've already talked about in one sense what, what the, who the light is, right? But we, we learned, first of all, that people are supposed to see our light. From this verse, let your light so shine before men. We understand that whatever light we possess, which isn't a what, it's a who, the light that we possess is supposed to be shown before men. It's supposed to shine from us into the lives of others. So people are supposed to see our light. I capitalize that because that's Jesus Christ. They're supposed to see Christ in us. People will see our light when we allow Christ to change our hearts. This is something that's supposed to be a daily heartbeat, a daily perspective of life. Certainly at a, as you come to church on a Sunday... Uh, you ought to be, as, as the Word of God has spoken, and, and I pray the Spirit of God speaks into lives, but as, as we're here, we're supposed to allow Christ to change our hearts. Why? Because the light continues to shine into darkness, and we have not fully understood all that we have in Christ. We're not, we haven't realized His presence yet in the fullness, of their, uh, uh, the fullness of His presence. That will be when we are literally, sin is done away with and everything, and we are with Christ for eternity but until then, there's this ever 
uh, ever-increasing process of God revealing to us the darkness that we're still in and the way we need to be changed more and more to look like Him. He says, when we allow, not He, but people will see our light when we allow Christ to change our hearts. Now, a couple weeks ago, I asked if you were teachable. Uh, when I asked that, please understand, I'm looking at the mirror at the same time. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're not teachable. I'm saying there always needs to be desire for more. There always needs to be a desire for Christ to change me, you, every day. And he, he promises to do that. But we need to allow him to do that. We need to not fight it. Allow the godly change that God is seeking to go to do in your life. Allow it to take place. When we allow Christ to change our hearts, it, 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 this, uh, people will see our light when we, when we allow Christ to change our hearts, which will change our actions. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? When, when, we, when we know that God is working in our life, we, we change not only inwardly but outwardly, which will reveal the hope of the gospel. This is that idea of living out the gospel day in and day out. This is what it's talking about. And people will see our light when we live this way. Let's live humbly before this world, because that's the way Jesus lived. We don't bow to them. We bow to the creator God of the universe who's told us, let your light shine, and this is the way it shines. He says, let your light shine before men. I thought to myself, what men? All right, what, what men are we talking about? Well, I, I think certainly we're talking about those who need the light, but I think there's an aspect of this of those who are already in light get to benefit from it too, right? What men? Men, women, and children, both outside the church body, outside of our, our the the. The regenerate membership, those who have come to faith, they have new life. That's that word, regeneration, new life. Men, women, and children, both outside the church body and within. We live in two communities. Shine the light. Christ in us reveals Christ to our community. Which community? All communities. Wherever you find yourself, if you will shine the light, Christ in us reveals him to the world. It goes on to say that we may see your good works, right? That they, excuse me, that they may see your good works. What people? Well, the, the people, the men, the women, the children. All the, they, listen, let your signs shine that they may see your good works. So people see our light through the good works we do. So what are we going to do? People will see our light as we grow in community through attending the core classes. You may think, oh, there's a bait and switch. He's going back to last year's, last year's uh, focus of loving like Jesus and doing the core classes. Will he ever shut up about the core classes? No. They're core. They help us understand that the core of our identity is in Christ. We, these classes are not to teach you just theology. It's to teach you theology to be lived out. It's not book knowledge that when you've done and you've taken the test, you close the book and you go and, and, go, do, and go to, you know, recess. No, as we grow in community, that's still our desire, folks. We haven't moved beyond that. We, as we grow in community through attending the core classes, please, please attend the core classes. 
A lot of time and effort has gone into them. We're trying to refine them. As you interact with us, we are refining them more and more. People will see our light as we grow in community through our grace and truth discussions. I've already mentioned that we did two this past year, and we're seeking to do at least two more this year. The first one will be on Christianity and culture. That's the, that's the first one. And then we're going we're gonna to focus on an aspect of worship. All right, we'll be teaching, we'll do some teaching on worship, but we'll eventually talk, be talking about music as an aspect of that worship. But please don't ever talk about music in church without talking about worship. They go hand in hand. It's a divisive conversation only because people are people. And when people are in the church, we can talk about these things and grow in our community through these grace and truth discussions. So please plan on being part of those. People will see our light as we grow in community through engaging with our community. We are in the process of trying to uh, uh, identify, and we're asking for your support and your help in this, and the idea of how can we engage in our community this year, tangibly, hands dirty, all that stuff, you know, feet moving, voices speaking, uh, all these we, we, we want to grow in community through engaging with our community. So we're going we're gonna to present some opportunities for you as they come up, and we're going to ask that you get involved. And don't get involved just to do a good deed. Get involved to reveal the light, our light, Jesus Christ, to our community. People will see our light as we grow in community through continuing to clarify our church structure and constitution. We're not done with that discussion. It's not like we just you know, stop and now we've got to move on. No, we're, we're still continuing. and We ask for prayer as we continue to refine and, and clarify our church structure. That's talking about the polity, elders, deacons. We're, we're going to continue to do that this coming year. But in our Constitution, our Constitution, need, it was last updated in 2016. And as we're approaching it, I'm not going to go into it now, we just see a need to clarify some things and to actually word things in a way that really uh, gives glory to God. And, and as, a, as, a, as someone comes and experiences our church, they'll read our Constitution, our Confession of Faith, and they'll actually know what we believe and why we believe it in a way that um, uh, I, we, in certain areas lacks some clarity right now. It's not to diminish what we have. It's been, it's been, it's been working for us for years, but as, as we ought to think to improve ourselves— we ought to seek to improve our governing documents so that we understand them as a church body. There are some churches that go through it every year. All right? We just need to revisit the Constitution, refine it, uh, and, and you will be involved in all aspects of that. All right? But as we do that, people will see our light, Jesus Christ. Lastly, as we grow in community through a deeper—they'll uh, see our light as we grow uh, in community through deeper engagement in the Word of God. All right, we'll continue to do our studies of, of God's Word, all right? But the, the desire of the pastoral staff is to go deeper. Some of you are concerned that somehow we're going for Christian light, all right? That's not our heartbeat. But you have to do step by step. Core classes are essential for that. Please, take those core classes. We're going to be starting the, the serve class uh, this fall. I don't have it on a slide, but that's one of the things we're going to be doing is we have the beginnings class, the community class, and the serve class. I encourage you to get involved. You have to do them in order, so please uh, do that. So it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Is that not our heartbeat, that all things would be done to His honor and glory? People who see our light glorify God. 
That's the simplicity of the matter. So this is uh, second to the last side, but let me just encourage you with this. Let's make and mature disciples of Jesus Christ. That's our mission, to bring them to Christ and to mature them in Christ. Let's make and mature disciples of Jesus Christ by shining the light we have into a world that is lost in darkness. I hope you'll get excited about this particular theme. I know we are, as your pastoral staff. This really, uh, this really uh, resonates with all the things we've looked forward to this year, all the things that are, that are already planned and those things that we're hoping to do and, and, uh, and, and, and in, in response to the assessment still. And I think that this is an exciting year for us to put our faith in practice to glorify God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the time that we've had in your word. Lord, we look throughout scripture and, and just trying to understand uh, what this light is that we're supposed to be shining. But Father, as we understand the light to be Jesus, as we understand those who have come to faith in him have Jesus dwelling in us, and as we are commanded to let our light shine before those around us, Lord, we pray that you would do a work in each of our hearts, individually and corporately, that as a church body, we would seek to glorify you in all things. But certainly, Father, by living out our faith in such a way where others take notice, not because of our conservative stance on an issue, but more on the love and the humility that we express that mirrors Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you'd be glorified as we shine the light into our community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.